What's up? Welcome to this week's sermon podcast of Living Word Pretoria East. Here, you can listen to our latest weekly sermon for your spiritual growth. We believe that this message will really bless you. Amen. Can you feel his love? You are loved by the the author of life. You are the object of his love. He's the object of your love. And I pray that God's love will be revealed to you more and more and more and more, that you will know the fullness of his love. Amen. Because his love casts out all fear. Thank you, Father. I just, my heart this morning, the Lord wants to give you peace. Where are we now? 12, 12 February. And then we jump into a year and we're like, yes, this year is going to be great and awesome. And you know, some, sometimes the life is not a sprint. It's, a, it's like a marathon. All right. And, and uh, my father ran the comrades a couple of times and I love long, long distance running. Maybe at this moment it doesn't look like it, but I still enjoy it. I like endurance. I like to, to, to go far. And that's the, the problem is the guys who sometimes, if they're still young, they don't have experience in the comrades, what they do is they, they go that first half, they push it because they feel full of energy and the vibe is there and they just go and they push it. And the second half, they start to fall back and fall back because they've used too much energy. They, they weren't wise. You see, and God comes and He gives us wisdom not to just run the race, but to do it with wisdom, to be wise in our day as well. To have some skill. That's why God made you with gifts and talents and to be skillful. Amen? Amen. To be successful. You see, God called you and designed you to always hit your target. To be successful. He says like an arrow that you will be shoot out of the bow and you will hit your target. Amen? Amen? And that's my aim. So if there's still youth, you guys can just go out. All the young people. and You can just meet Conrad outside. And he's going to minister to you. Amen. So I want to encourage you. Don't get discouraged. If you started this year and you're running too hard, then slow down a little bit. Pace yourself. Because it's, it's, you're, going to, you're going to cross the finish line victoriously. And sometimes it's the same as a seed. We've sowed a seed now. When you put a seed in the ground, what does the Bible say? Jesus taught us, says that, the farmer knows this. When you put a seed on the ground, he says, he doesn't go tomorrow and he digs it open again to see what's happening. He's not impatient because he knows that there's a part that you've got nothing to do with. There's a part where God works. But God says this, as long as the earth remains seed time and harvest, as long as the sun rises and sets, you will know that my covenant stands with you. And I want to I reassure you. I want to... I want to just encourage you this morning that God's covenant stands with you. Amen. And that, that there's a part in the seat that you don't maybe see. He says, but there's something happening on the ground. And in season, in time, the seed sprouts. It comes up. The blade and the ear. Do you put the sickle in the harvest? No. There's still a time when it breaks the ground. He says, there's a time where it looks like the same as the weeds. 
says, but after a while, you can see the difference. And then when the blade has come on the ear, the fruit has come to fullness. Then you put the sickle in and you enjoy the fruit of that. I want to encourage you, don't get tired. Trust God and believe God for what he said. Amen. God said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. God's seed and his, his voice and his word cannot return to him empty. It shall be fruitful in that what he sends. I want to encourage you in this as well that sometimes God's picture looks a little bit different than our picture. We all have pictures in our head of what it should look like and what it should be, how it should happen and where it should happen and all these things. But God knows best. God knows because he knows the, the end from the very beginning. If God said it in Matthew that before the foundation I've prepared the very kingdom for you, doesn't he then know the outcome and the fullness thereof? So don't, that's why he said in Matthew 6, don't be anxious. The pagans, they're anxious. They worry about food and clothes and all these things. He says, your heavenly father, and that's the thing. How do you trust more? It's a love relationship. You need to trust God that he loves you. You need to know it's about revelation and identity that God loves you. My father always said, God's not a spoiled sport. God doesn't say step out in faith. And when you step out, he says, you sucker, no etiquette. No, God's not like that. It's faith that pleases God. We said it now. Whatever you do, not with faith, that's sin. It's a faith life that's pleasing unto the Lord. In fact, the word says, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. You need to have faith. And I want to stir your hearts this morning and, and stir your faith again. So don't let go. Don't doubt God. And don't let the devil come and isolate you, take you out, bring all the lies. The devil is a liar. And God is faithful and true. Amen. I want to speak this morning on the kingdom series. Are you benefiting? Are you enjoying the kingdom? Come on. All right, some of you. Some of you are slow. You'll get there. Don't worry. This place is this place for more. This place for more. All right. But we need to understand this. So I'm I'm going to lay a foundation a couple of times. All right, because that's the centrality of Christ was the message of the kingdom, and and this is interesting that it's only in the kingdom of God that that's the only kingdom where we also can be kings. There's no other kingdom that functions that way where you can also be a king. That's the love and the heart of the Father, is that in His kingdom, you are called also as kings. Amen? You are designated a king. Our rulership's not over people. It's over the earth to have dominion. And our rulership is in a specific area of gifting. God has gifted you. So this morning, I'm speaking about a kingdom of servant kings. A kingdom of servant kings. God calls us as servant kings. Jesus was the greatest servant of all. He was the king of kings and he served. He came to serve. And I want to share a couple of principles, but there's a key in this that I want to share to you this morning. So you designated with a specific area of gifting, various grace, various gifts that God has given us. And that's why Jesus is referred to as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We are kings and we serve this world with our gift. Amen. We serve this world with our gift. And that's what Jesus said when he said, hey, if you want to be the greatest, the greatest among you shall be the servant. 
the servant. That's the heart of, of the king. Because the kingdom functions on servant leadership. That's how we function. Servant kings. You see, and there's nothing more important to your spiritual growth in your life to understand the nature of the kingdom. Remember, as we said, concepts, ideas, wrong concept, wrong idea, wrong conclusion. You need to understand the nature of the kingdom so that you can function rightly in the kingdom. So our hearts should reflect Christ. Our minds should reflect Christ because He's the King of kings. So the kingdom represents the entire heart and the entire work of Christ. That's the kingdom. It represents everything, the entire work of God. Whatever God says and does relates to His kingdom. When God speaks, He has kingdom in mind. There's so many parables that Jesus spoke about the kingdom, saying the kingdom is like this, the kingdom is like this, the kingdom is like this, to, to explain this is how we function. So, so God bound Himself to us, all right? If we are to be faithful children of the King, ready to rule the dominion that has given us, we must know His heart and how to rule in His name. We need to understand because the kingdom represents the very heart and the nature of the King. You remember? Amen? Good. So, so a kingdom, what kingdom? A kingdom that cannot be overthrown. A kingdom that cannot be cast down. A kingdom that cannot be destroyed. God's kingdom is stable. All right? God's kingdom cannot be moved. God's kingdom is unshakable. That's what the word says. It's established firmly eternity past to eternity future. The nature, the character, everything. It's safe. It's secure. Unshakable. The kingdom of God is nothing like the kingdom of this world that can promise you nothing. It's unstable. All right, government can't promise us anything. The world, the markets, they can't promise you anything. But God's kingdom cannot be destroyed because God's kingdom is founded on eternal principles. Amen? Wow, we're going to say a lot of amens today. <laughs> Matthew 25 says, The king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. See, a kingdom that cannot, there's a kingdom that's there already from the foundation of the world. Cannot be destroyed. Hebrews 12, 28 says, let us, re, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Amen. Although, although there's a lot of shakings, there's a lot of things happening, he says, let it be shaken. He says, let the things that can be shaken be shaken to reveal, is this of God or your flesh or whatever. So shakings reveal things. But he says, it reveals this as well, that God's kingdom is forever. It cannot be shaken. When shakings come, God's kingdom is steadfast, stable, secure, on the foundation. And you see, we found or tried many solutions to relieve our fear and our pain, our worries, our anxiety sufferings, all these things. The human nature and human life, we've tried to, to find solutions. And, and what we've said over this couple of weeks is religion was man's attempt to discover God and to fix his own problems. That's what's religion. We try to make plans and structure and things to fix our problem, to search for God because we have this thing that's searching for God. But that's why God didn't come to send us religion. That's why Jesus, when he started preaching, he says, I'm announcing the kingdom, what you had, that which you've lost, I'm announcing, hey, the kingdom is at hand. Repent for the kingdom is at hand again. 
So the kingdom is unshakable. That's why it says the kingdom is the solution. I come to pronounce the kingdom. Amen. And the kingdom comes through the person of Christ. The kingdom come because we lost it. Jesus at, 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 at a mission, he had five things, specific goals concerning the kingdom. One was to reintroduce the kingdom to us for man on earth. All right. He came to restore our righteousness and our holiness containing the kingdom and how it should function. He came to restore Holy Spirit to man because we lost Holy Spirit. All right. He came to retrain us for our kingship, for our authority, for our leadership. And he came to restore kingdom rulership. All right. So in other words, to return administration to us. That's five goals of things that was the focus in Jesus' kingdom message. So the origin of the kingdom or the order, the, the original order of the kingdom. Remember when we have this prefix re, R-E. That means that that word means do it again. Do again or to go back to the original state. All right. That's why we, what? Remember. Every word with re actually describes God's plan for mankind. To redeem, to revive, to restore, to repent, resurrect, to return. Amen. Rebirth, to renew, to reward, to reverse. Not that one. Okay. To remember. Remember what we said? Remember who you are. We've got a memory problem. We forgot who we are. Everything re has got to do with God's purpose. To restore, to reconnect, to remember, to resurrect things in your life back into the kingdom. That's God's plan for salvation. That's why He came to reintroduce. Reintroduce means that at one time it was there. All right? That's reintroduce means that at one time it was there before. So God didn't come, Jesus didn't come to bring a new kingdom. He actually came to bring an old kingdom, that what was lost, to just bring that back to us. And that's where the Jews went at fault. Because they thought, hey, he's, he's going to overthrow the Roman Empire. He's going to establish a new kingdom. He said, no, I'm talking about a kingdom that you've lost way back. I'm restoring, I'm reintroducing the kingdom. So a little bit of background. Come on. Are you ready? How did we lose the kingdom? Because here's the key for the kingdom. How is it possible God in earth, uh, God in heaven, we on earth, how does the kingdom manifest? What's the connection? All right? God's plan was to rule through family. Remember we said sonship, not orphan. Sonship. Through a family of sons which called kings, mankind. Adam and Eve's connection to God was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwelled within them. That's the connection. The Spirit of God dwelled within them. When sin happened, sin corrupted them and it made them unholy vessels. Alright? God cannot be in a place that's unholy full of sin. They were no longer fit to carry the Holy Spirit. That's what happened. So sin separated and the Spirit departed from them. Then they realized, hey, I'm naked. Because they were clothed with the glory and the Spirit of God. So when the Spirit departed, it took the only connection, the direct connection between God and man. Therefore, it took away the direct connection of earth's connection to the kingdom of God. 
When the Spirit went, earth's connection got lost with the kingdom of God. It's in the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul speaks in Romans. He says, righteousness, peace, and joy in the realm of the Holy Spirit. That's where the kingdom is. That's how the kingdom's supposed to work. Not eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So here's how the kingdom was supposed to work. We had Father in heaven, the creator of heaven and earth, the one with his domain. Remember when Jesus taught us to pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So heaven is the domain of the Father. It's a spiritual realm that's invisible, but yet more real and more powerful and more greater than the visible, uh, the, visible <laughs> the physical realm here on earth. So that's the Father's domain. And what happens? He created man. God was created by God, or man was created by God, and he was placed in an administrative authority over earth. And here is the spiritual natural connection. The word says God created us in his own image. All right? Since God is spirit, we were created spirit first. You were created as spirit first. That means that you had the ability to communicate with the spiritual realm because you're spirit first. Step one. That's good. All right? And then as the breath of God was breathed into man, he became a living soul. Endowed with many things, awareness, personality, free will, all these things, we became a living soul. But for God, in order to fulfill our design, our purpose, and our, our destiny of ruling on earth, He had to, to give a, be a physical representation of God, that ambassador. We had the capability, remember, of the spiritual realm. We are created as spirit, but He had to give us a body to dwell in. So He gave you a body from where? the dust of the earth that's where the word adam comes from adam means the ground the, the the dark ground all right so he fashioned a shell or a body a container and he filled it formed to function you were formed to be filled with the spirit so that you can function you serve the kingdom with your specific area of gifting you're a servant king that's what god calls you to be so god As spirit created you as spirit. And then because you have all the attributes, he said, hey, to rule on this earth, I need to give you a body. And he gave you a body from this earth. So get this. Here's the revelation. You are formed out of two realms. God built man out of two realms. He built you out of a spiritual realm capable of touching the realm of God. And a physical realm making you able to communicate to the earth regions. Hello? That's who you are. Now, now get this because so you're a hybrid. All right, you're a hybrid. Good. But it makes you legitimate. What does legitimacy mean to us? Remember, you're a son. Remember, as we said, an orphan in the, Hebrew, uh, in, in the Roman context, if you were adopted, they adopted not small babies, poor shame that. No, they adopted grown men to inherit something. Wealth, status, political, all these things. So once you were an orphan and you were adopted like this, he says that you were a son, you, you legally, you couldn't be broken again or uninherited or, you know, whatever, what do they call it? You couldn't be orphaned again. Good. We'll say it that way. All right. Hey? 
disowned. All right. Perfect. Let me just go continue. <laughs> so that was God's purpose for man to rule the earth in his name under his authority. All right. And that meant for, for us to rule and reign, we had to understand God's thoughts and God's desire and then act his will on earth. Remember we said everything contained in the kingdom is his mind and his heart. And we need to understand that. So in order for that to accomplish, um, you know, how do we get God's will to be accomplished on earth without God leaving heaven? If that's his domain and he said, I give you earth as a domain, how do we act his will or work with it without God leaving heaven? God had to get his will and his mind in the heart of man. All right? His mind, his will into the heart of man. In order for that to rule the earth and to get his heart and his mind, there had to be a spiritual connection linking the two realms. And that's where it comes. You are connected by the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit placed in you was the connection. That's when sin happened, we lost the connection. Because you are from two realms, spirit. Legitimacy is this. Legitimacy is commonly defined as a political science or in political science and sociology as the belief that a rule or an institution or a leader has the right to govern. So it gives you the right to govern. You're legitimate. It is a judgment by an individual about the rightfulness of a hierarchy between rule and ruler. Hierarchy means structure from top down. And so it gives you the rightfulness of being a ruler and its subject. Remember God said when I created you, he's not king of subjects. He's a king of kings. You're not a subject. You're a son. All right. But your position is this. You are rightful ruler of a subject and about the subordinate's obligation towards the ruler. So what makes you legitimate means that whatever is subordinate to you, it's got an obligation towards the ruler. Christ gave man rulership over the earth. So what is this? The earth is subordinate to us. In other words, the earth has got an obligation to respond to you. The earth has got an obligation to respond to what you say. Because you are the ruler. And the object or the subordinate has an obligation towards the rule or the ruler. That's legitimate. Legitimacy. In other words, when God says, I made you a son, you carry a legitimacy of his image and his likeness and his spirit. And he gave you authority. Plus this, he gave you dominion over the earth because you are formed from the earth. You have authority over it. Come on. Let penny drop. Someone just say amen. 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 So how did he do it? Because Jeremiah 31, 33 says, But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in the inward parts, write it in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. It shall be the covenant that I make after those days. After what days? God gave his spirit to man. All right? And after these days, Christ came to reconcile us back to the covenant. 
And then he says, now they walk because they lost the spirit. They had all these rules and carrying it on their hearts and in their foreheads and all these things. And he says, no, after those days, after I pour out my spirit again. The book of Acts, after I fill the very creation with my spirit again. It will not be laws and all these things, but it will be on their hearts and in their inward parts. I will be their God and they will be my people. God came to restore the key, the connection between kingdom of heaven and the earth. It was the Holy Spirit. That's the link, the vital link to have dominion. John 14 says this, Ask the Father. He will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. The Greek word for counselor is parakletos, which means one called alongside. So what he actually said is, hey, the purpose of the spirit will be as one that is called alongside you to help you to know the father's will. Because how does the father rule from heaven? He puts his will and his mind in your heart. And through the Holy Spirit, it communicates and he leads you so that you can act that out. That's why children of God are led by the Spirit of God. Come on, you need to understand why God is... The Holy Spirit is not just given so that, you know, you can have something. You've got a purpose. You're a servant king. You've got a purpose to serve. That's why the helper comes, one called alongside you to communicate the heart and the mind of the Father, His will to you, so that you can have dominion. Whatever God wanted, the Holy Spirit revealed that to man. And man manifested that in earth. Come on, just, just take a deep breath. Are you guys okay? Me too. So God wants His kingdom, rulership, to come to earth. But He could only do this through His children who are connected to Him by the Spirit of God. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 to 13 in the New American uh, standard version that's going to maybe differ a little bit it says for to us god revealed them through the spirit for the spirit searches all things even the depths of god for who among men knows the thoughts of man except the spirit of the man which is in him even so the thoughts of god no one knows except the spirit of god now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from god that we might know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. You have the Spirit who communicates the heart and the mind and the will of God. He knows the one, the depths of God. So it's God's Spirit living inside of you, directing His will, His thoughts, His mind, and His heart so that you can manifest kingdom on earth. You see, there was a disturbance. Holy Spirit left and Christ came to say, hey, Holy Spirit is back now. Not long from now, the promise of the Father will come again and it will be poured out to you. Jesus, when He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, what is repent? Repent means a change of mind. Metanoia and epistrephu. I have to renew my mind and make a 180 turn degree in the opposite direction. Repent. All right, change your mind. He says, repent, change your mind because your thinking was corrupt. You're thinking wrongly about kingdom. 
Remember what we said, wrong thoughts, wrong concepts, wrong conclusions. You, you won't understand and know who you are, what you are. We need to change our mind. You see why? Because the kingdom of God were absent for centuries on earth. And now suddenly it comes back and we have to change our mind because we've been programmed. We've been in a pattern. This is how we've been doing it for years and years and years and centuries, isn't it? And Jesus comes and says, hey, change your thinking, not years and years, the same thing. Change now your thinking because the kingdom is back. We need to adjust our thinking. So remember, Jesus came to do five things, to restore and all these things. So he restore not just the kingdom, he restore our righteousness and holiness. Why? Because the Holy Spirit cannot live in sin and that defilement. And when sin happened, the Holy Spirit departed. And so the atonement, the blood of Jesus came to restore and be the restitution for sins. And he paid the penalty and now he says, hey, I've paid the penalty. Remember week one, to obtain the kingdom, you need to be born again. You need to be blood washed. You need to be saved. But now because you are blood washed and my work has atoned for, for the sin, the Holy Spirit comes. He restores your righteousness and your holiness. He came to restore Holy Spirit. That's why he says Acts 1, 4. While he stayed with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Spirit of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. What is the job of the Holy Spirit? you called as a king. The Holy Spirit, one of his things is he's a tutor. He's a tutor. He teaches us. So the Holy Spirit is uh, training us again to be royalty. He's training you to understand What's that movie, Princess Diaries or what, where she's, she's taken and she didn't even know she's a, a princess or a queen and she had to be trained back in royalty? You see, I also watch girly movies. <laughs> but that's the whole thing. Holy Spirit is our tutor. He's actually taking you and saying, hey, you've lost the plot. You forgot that you are royalty and I'm going to retrain you to understand and know you are royalty. In the heavenly kingdom so what does the holy spirit do he helps you in your identity he helps you in your identity remember who you are what did we say last week you don't carry an orphan spirit holy spirit remembers or retrains you or helps you what did we say it's by the holy spirit that we can cry abba father you see his role you see his function he retrains you he reminds you remember who you are he trains you for royalty i'm almost done so jesus came to retrain mankind also for kingdom leadership but to understand that when he he, he, he teaches us to think and act like the father right how many of you know that your kids do what you do not what you tell them all right and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's ugly because <laughs> sometimes you see your kid do something you realize oh they're just a mirror reflection of us they just do what we do all right so so the purpose was to teach us to think that's why jesus says i only do that what i see the father does i don't do things out of my own accord or what i want 
And then he says in 1 Corinthians 2 this, he says, The natural person doesn't accept things of the Spirit. They are folly to him. He's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but he himself is not to be judged. Who has understood the mind of God to instruct him? But Paul says this, but we have the mind of Christ. He comes to show you how to act and be like the Father. And he says this, you've got the mind of Christ. You can think like this. He set an example in the standard of life. He enables you through the Spirit to understand His teachings, His ways, how He taught us. Last thing, then we're done. We need healing from the mental damage caused by the great fall. When sin happened, we were actually damaged greatly. You know, the devil is a liar. The, the word says when, when he was cast out of heaven, what happens? He started telling you that you are a nobody, just as he is. Isn't it? He told you you're a nobody and for years and a lifetime of us feeding on negativity, on impossibility thinking, all these things, we have a certain amount of mental damage that the Holy Spirit needs to come and heal in our lives. Because we think wrongly. That's why it says repent. In other words, think differently. You've been damaged so much that you, you don't even think correctly. You think small. You think in boxes. And this is our problem is we limit God. We limit our thinking. We don't think that God can because we don't understand or know what's available to us in the kingdom. And now we come and we believe the lies. And the Holy Spirit is the one who tutors us, retrains us. Because He's the connection between the heaven and the earth. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. That's what we want to minister and pray for now after, after we're done. Is if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you need Him. Because that's the key to connect the heavenly domain with the earth for you to rule and reign. To have the kingdom. But you see, we've been slaves so long in our lives that we actually, we don't know how to handle the freedom that God has given us. We don't know how to handle that. We apologize for getting ahead. If God blesses you, it's like, oh, sorry, skis. Isn't it? It's a wrong mentality. We don't believe that we deserve or are entitled to the best. But a father in a kingdom says, go, I bless you. It belongs to you. You see, we have wrong mindsets. We need to be healed from the mental damage, the trauma that we have. God wants to restore you in your place as a son. We don't like the word entitled. But you are entitled to his blessings and his benefits in Christ. That's what he says. Jesus came to restore the kingdom rulership for you. Last thing. Let's just stand together. Because we want to pray for people who need an outpouring or fresh fill of the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you need to come. We can pray for you. But just close your eyes. Just focus on the Lord for a minute. Because here is your place in the kingdom. What's your place? The word says that each one of us who turn to Christ becomes a stone in the kingdom of God. Called and equipped 
as king priests. 1 Peter 2 says, You come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. Just keep your eyes closed. Let the Holy Spirit start ministering to your heart because society has generally separated priests and kings into separate offices in separate functions. But God didn't design you that way from the beginning. When He called you as an ambassador, you were created to be a priest king in the earth. As priest representing God's nature and God's character. As kings, his kingdom government. That's why he says you are called as a royal priesthood. A king priest. A king priest. Too long we've believed the lies. Too long we've walked without identity. Not knowing God's plan and knowing who we are. Through Christ he says you are a holy priesthood. Chosen people. A royal priesthood. A holy nation representing and reflecting God's nature, the character. And here's it a servant king. Your mission is this as ambassadors of the kingdom of God, your mission is to bring those who are enslaved in the kingdom of darkness to Christ. He's the door so that he can set them free and they can start walking in their full citizenship in the kingdom of light. That's our mission. To rule and have dominion again over that which is darkness. See your kingdom of king servants. You need to use your grace and your gift. Not rulership over people but to serve the kingdom in a specific area of your gifting. When Jesus declares this, he says, all authority in earth, in heaven, under the earth has been given to me. He declares that he's the most powerful person. What happens next? Jesus goes into a room, takes off his cloak, and like a servant, he washes his disciples' feet. He goes and he serves them, a servant king. You're a servant king when you realize in this moment you are the most powerful person in the room. But you leverage, you take your power and you use it for the benefits of others. For those who are lost. For those who need to be restored. And you use your power to say, hey, come into the kingdom of God. That's the nature of of a true servant king. The dominion and the power is not to rule over others for your benefit, but it's for the benefit of the others. Father, I just pray. We need you, Holy Spirit. We need you, Father. We need you. And Father, there where we've lost the connection between spirit and God, spirit and man, oh, Father, I pray that you will come and pour out again. That's why you said, and this is the heart of Father, to give you the Holy Spirit. Because he says, if earthly fathers, they are bad, 
If earthly fathers who are bad know how to give good gifts to their children, he says, how much more will your heavenly father not give you the Holy Spirit if you ask of him? You see, the father knew that the Holy Spirit will be the key to restore you back to kingdom life. And that you need to ask and then you will receive. So Father, I ask, let's lift our hands to the Lord. Father, I ask that you'll do a fresh outpouring of your spirit again on us. And that we will receive it like those days in the, in the book of Acts when the spirit of power and fire came upon us to have dominion again and to be restored back to identity. Lord, let your spirit lead us. Holy Spirit, retrain us, tutor us into the way of the kingdom again to understand and let us remember who we are. We need you. We're hungry. We thirst for you. Here's a deep and a special moment. Today was different. But God wants to give you this. The key is in the Holy Spirit. And that's why Christ came to give his life. Is to pay the penalty for sin. So that that which you've lost can be given back to you. It's God's Spirit that lives and resides within us. Thank you, Father. As we end off, we want to invite people to come and be filled. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, if you're not sure, come. We'll pray with you. We want to minister. And I want to give you a bit of homework for this. We go and seek God's presence and allow His Spirit to fill you afresh. But allow His Spirit to come and challenge your mindset. I hear God says it will happen. But how many times do we think this way or this way or this way? Not the way you think, how you think, where you think, when you think. Allow God to be God. Say, Lord, come. You are created. Remember the word legitimate. That means the earth has an obligation to respond towards you. Amen. We love you. We bless you. Know that God loves you. And uh, you go in his favor and his fellowship. Amen. Let's give God glory. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. Amen. Be blessed and enjoy this day fellowship. And know that you are loved by us and by God. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to know more about who we are and what we do, go visit lwpe.co.za. You are formed to function. So let's build.